Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone while I am driving around on errands. It is Monday, December 20th, 2021. Um, I'm actually on my way to get boosted. I have my, my booster shot appointment in about 40 minutes, and I'm leaving early to see if they can take me early. And... Um, I was thinking about recording an episode anyway and probably talking about the esports announcements that came down yesterday, but then uh, we got a we got a new bounce patch like all of a sudden today. Uh, dro announced and dropped all within an hour and it's already live. Um, so, you know, I'm already going to, you know, go get a jab in my arm. So, and I've got time because I have to go a fair ways Pfizer's not easy to find around here for some reason. Everyone had Moderna, and I need Pfizer, because I, I know you can mix and match, but I didn't really want to. And uh, it's a good distance away. So, um, you know, I've got some time to uh, talk through it, and it's a good thing, because this balance change is a lot. There is a lot going on in this patch. Um, so, basically, a little bit of the run-up to this is we had Worlds over the weekend, and... A lot of the decks, if you didn't watch Worlds, um, it, was, it was a very good tournament, by the way, a lot of good high-level play, um, but a lot of the decks were a lot of the same decks that we saw at the last Masters Tour, which was prior to, um, prior to the set releasing. So a lot of Garrett Rogue, a lot of Celestial... There wasn't actually as, as much Celestial Druid. So a lot of Garrett Rogue, a lot of OTK Demon Hunter. There was a Mizaki Mage. There were a Paladin here and there. A lot of... Um, the one main new deck that was all, all over the place was the... Um, I guess it wasn't all over the place. There weren't that many that brought it either. Was the, uh, the Owl Lock. Um, but predominantly a lot of OTK decks. Um, some Face Hunters to try to counter them. Right, because that'll that'll kind of be there when you have a combo meta. You'll have people bring face hunter to try to counter it, but very similar to what we had in the last meta. And so there was a comment from Celestalon a couple weeks ago, uh, one of one of the main developers, and he he had said before the set was released that if you know these types of decks were still prevalent after the set release they would nerf them and somebody asked you know after seeing the world's list like well what about that promise and he said they, these will be nerfed and so they were and so we got a, a wide number of nerfs and a couple of buffs too which i didn't really expect um mostly trying to um to help out mage so there's a lot going on here and we can kind of talk through it and i'm going to go through it in the same order that they announced it um, in the in the blog post, but I'm also putting the blog post itself in the um, in the show notes as well, so you can go and review that as well. So um, we'll start with Celestial Alignment that is going from seven mana to eight mana, and and Celestial Alignment in this scenario, I, I whenever we get into metas, I, I end up going into one or two one of two Simpsons references. Um, the one when everything is balanced is when Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and he has every virus known to man, but they're all keeping each other in check. 
So, so, but if any one of them gets out of way, out of line, then he's, he's, you know, going to fall disastrously ill, but he says he's invincible, right? So that's when you have a balanced meta. When you don't have a balanced meta, when you have like one dominant deck, um, it looks a lot more like the Bolivian tree lizard cleanup plan. And I don't, I, I honestly, I think it was when they went to Australia and came back with, with frogs, but I honestly don't even remember like how we got to this point. I think that's what, I think that's the episode. I apologize to Ridiculous Hat in advance for my my shoddy Simpsons trivia, and I will I will attempt to do better. Um, but what it what so they they have the frogs, and then they release these tree lizards that clean up the frogs, and then you have uh, Lisa and and uh, Principal Skinner having a conversation. Well, you know, well then what do we do when we're when we're stuck with a bunch of lizards oh then we have these chinese needle snakes that will eat up the lizards but then we've got we're overrun with snakes well then there's this gorilla that likes to eat on snake meat and well what what now we're done now we're stuck with gorillas oh that's the beautiful part when winter comes they just they just freeze to death right so that's kind of where we were with the combo meta right like celestial druid was the bolivian tree lizard it was um it was there primarily to prey on the other decks, mostly quest decks, because what you would do is you would play it, play the Celestial Alignment before they could get their quest down, their quest reward finished, and then their quest reward would cost five, but they had one or two mana, and that would give you several turns to be able to beat up on them. Um, it, it also was good for any deck that needed to do a lot of things all in one turn, because it would, um, it, it would delay the number of turns it would take for them to be able to do that, and then you just build up a big board and then they die, right? So so Celestial Druid became very popular as a counter to some of these decks. Um, it, it's the kind of thing where Celestial Alignment is gets worse the longer that it takes you to play it, because it's just more likely that your opponent's going to have a board that's going to prevent you from being able to play it in the first place. Um, you know, if you're against any sort of an aggressive deck, they just have most of the early game to build up. And if you miss your, your overgrowth and you, you don't have a way to get into it early, then you're kind of in the spot where if you play it, you just die because they already have a board and you generally don't have a lot of reactive tools for the early game because a lot of what you have is draw or, um, or combo pieces for once you've gone through alignment. So I think that a one mana change to Celestial Lime is actually a pretty big deal. Like when you hit ramp, it's still going to be slower. And when you miss ramp, it's going to take forever. Um, so like if you think about it, if you've tried to play that deck, like any of the games where you just didn't draw alignment for a couple turns and like how far behind you were, you know, like that's what it's going to feel like. And, and that feeling is miserable because like the longer that you go, the less likely you're able to come back because you just can't do anything this turn you play alignment usually unless you you know go all in on on guff getting you to like 13 mana or so and now it's going to be 14 mana and um and then do like lady anaconda and celestial alignment all in one turn so that you can then follow up behind it that's pretty hard to pull off so i think that's that's good i mean celestial alignment is just one of those decks that's just like it's frustrating to play against whenever you have a deck that like once it gets this like turn seven which is not that long, really, um, that it just does what it wants. So this is I think that's a good change. I think that you'll see... It, it's, it's a good change assuming that the rest of the OTK decks are brought into line. 
we will get into that, but assuming that that's the case, because that's clearly the goal for this for this balance patch, especially according to the, to the developer comments, then um, this is that that's that's a pretty good nerf by that by that standard. Right, so Alliance Bannerman is going from a two two to a two one. I I'll be honest, I wasn't really expecting a change to Alliance Bannerman, and I don't. It's a small change. Um, I don't think anybody was really complaining about how hard an Alliance Bannerman was to kill, but I guess if it's going to be a stick for buffs, then being able to get it off the board a little bit more easily is is good. Um, I mean, it'll die to a hero power if it's not buffed, which, you know, it's fine. Um, I, I don't think you stop playing it, but it's a card that, you know, was very strong and they felt like they needed to bring the power down on it a little bit, and that's, that's fine. I think that that's, that's reasonable. I don't think anybody will, will stop playing it. Um, but it'll, it'll be a little bit, you know, slightly more fair. Um, Efficient Octobot is kind of the, the, the keystone of this balance changes, this set of balance changes. And it's going from two to three. Now, Efficient Octobot has been at the core of most non-quest decks, I mean, I guess technically it's not in Burgle Road, but, it, you know, it, it's been in, in most of the decks that were, like, in the Miracle style, right? Like, we had Baron's Miracle Rogue, and then that evolved into Garrett Rogue, and it, it's pretty key to those strategies. And I don't know how to feel about this. I think the change is good, Whenever you're reducing mana and making it take longer, but also making it take longer means that you're kind of forcing the player to have more cards in hand. But, you know, so it's going to get a little bit more of an effect when it does go off, but it's a little bit slower. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't feel like this is enough. But one mana in a, in a, in a deck that really cares about cheating mana is a big deal. It also make, does make it so that if you shadow step it, it's still it's going to cost you mana to replay it. I, I, I want to believe that's enough. We've seen multiple nerfs to Garrett Rogue that have made it slightly less efficient, but haven't actually, you know, haven't actually gotten it to be less prevalent and and you know and I, I'm, I'm measuring that by the number of players who brought it to uh you know a five hundred thousand dollar prize pool tournament this past weekend right like if nearly I think every player had it in their lineup so if it was like a mandatory bring it was still too powerful right and they've been trying to nerf this thing they, they've they've definitely given it a good try and they I mean they nerfed Garrett too right and even that's not enough I feel like if we're going to get the... And I, I posted a link, a tweet this morning with my balance predictions, which weren't really predictions, but more of a wish list. And I basically said in that, like, if we're going to get OTK decks out of the meta or, or from dominating the meta, we need to be a little bit more draconian. And I, I wanted it to go up to four. Or, I, no, I didn't want it to go up to four. I wanted it to only hit spells. And, and I felt like that would have been a better nerf because generally, like... The, the problem with with um, with efficient octobot is that it's is that it's hitting the entire hand right um, you got the person beeping at me from behind 
because I'm not making a right turn when the when the when the um, people across from me have a green left turn arrow. But you know that's driving in Massachusetts. Um, just you know, a little ambiance to remind you I'm in the car. So you know, I I, I want to believe that the three man is going to be enough. I don't. I'm, I'm keeping an open mind, but I'm not convinced, right? Like, this deck seems indestructible. So, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Um, Snowfall Guardian's going from five to six. I think this is a needed change. Like, Snowball Guardian, Snowfall Guardian, having a Frost Nova on a stick on turn five was just a little bit too soon. And, I mean, I've, I've had games with that deck where I was, like, about to die, and then I was just able to chain freezes together for multiple turns and then turn it into a win. So that one turn is significant. And Snowfall Guardian was just a little bit too good. So I think that will that'll help a little bit. We've seen a number of free shaman decks. I don't think you stop playing the card. I do think it'll it'll be a little bit more fair. So Touch of the Nethrazim is going to heal for three instead of four when you kill a minion. Um, I, I, again, I think this is a good change. It's, it's a light touch, no pun intended. Um, I'm not, again, it's one of those ones where I'm not sure, um, you know, if this is really going to be sufficient, but I think that it, you know, the, having the, the healing, cause I mean, usually there's Tamsin involved, right? especially in handlock and you're just able to get you know turn that into eight healing and now it'll be six even just like the three instead of four like yeah it's it, it adds up right like it does make a difference and and you know the four healing was a lot i think warlock needed it you know in in stormwind it pro i mean it got a lot of stuff anyway but it probably needed that healing i don't think it quite needs it anymore um and, you know, two, two damage, three healing. Again, seems a little bit more fair. They don't really have a lot of room to maneuver on that card because the numbers are just, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room in where the numbers are without making the card just, like, completely unplayable. But, but I mean, Touching the Nethrazim is, like, one of the two cards that's been in, like, every oppressive Warlock deck, um, you know, since Stormwind launched. So I think that it's appropriate to make an adjustment on that card. Um, speaking of Warlock, Rune Mithrarod is going from 4 to 5. I, I don't know. I hope so. I hope this is going to be enough. Um, 3 to 4 didn't seem to make much of a difference. Can you believe that card cost used to cost 3? I uh, In my, my wish list tweet this morning, I, I was hoping that they were going to reduce the durability on it. Right, just like you get one one chance to to um, to discount your hand. Now, again, it coming out later makes a difference. It means your opponent gets more time to beat up on you before you get to get that big discount turn, and it means that you're less likely to be able to hold back backfire. Or you know, I mean, you you can now just curve in, into Dreadlich Tamsin. That's the thing you can do. Um. I would expect that Owl is probably Owl, the Owl deck is probably going to be a little bit worse. I, I think this is probably enough. I mean, getting rid of, get you know, the 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 upgrade from three to four, outside of some memers, 
um, was mostly enough to get, um, to, to take the, the self-mill version of quest block out of the picture. And I expect that this is probably also going to do that for LTK. Like you do kind of need the discount, so you need them ASAP, right? And it also gives the opponent more time to draw a Rustrop Viper if they're running those. Um, I, I think the two changes together, uh, along with the change to Moar that we're going to talk about, I think that'll be enough to just like you're hitting the you're hitting the deck in multiple places, and that should be enough to kind of get it to not be as 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 much of a part of the meta, or at least not be warping the meta, right? Like it may be part of the meta, but it won't be meta warping. And that's probably as good as we can hope for right now. Um, Bloodsail Deckhand is another one of these, you know, health reduction nerfs that I didn't necessarily know was necessary. It, this is reverting the buff from a couple months ago before um, before the Dreadmines came out. Or Deadmines? Is it Deadmines? Dreadmines? I don't know. <laughs> uh, before that came out, it, was, it went from a 2-1 to a 2-2. I don't think anybody was not playing it because it was a 2-1. They were not playing it because Pirate Warrior wasn't good. And Pirate Warrior was okay after that, but that had a bunch of other nerfs that went along with it, or buffs that went along with it. And then and then when they um you know when they introduced all the pirates and deadmines, then that's that's really when the deck took off. And it probably it probably doesn't need the health buff anymore. Again, you know, one ma one health versus two health, one damage versus two damage. Like these are significant things. Um, it doesn't. I I don't think it's gonna make. You're not gonna stop playing the card because it only has one health, but it might make it a little bit easier to clear, especially when your opponent gets a uh, gets a. Um, oh gosh, why can I not think of the three three that buffs the board? But you know what I'm talking about, like the the um, the three three that buffs the pirates. Wow, that is. <laughs> if I'm already this this loopy, wait till I get my booster shot. Good lord. Um. So that yeah, so that I mean that's that's fine. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference, but it's probably like the kind of thing where it didn't need the buff anymore, so they took it off, which makes sense. Um, Iron Deep Trog is going from summon a copy to summon another Iron Deep Trog. So this is the um the Saranite chain gang approach to this type of card where it's getting a um it instead of summoning a copy it will just summon another vanilla version of it so that means that you can't do things like buff it up with a whole bunch of paladin buffs and then get a copy of it and then put your opponent in the position where they can't deal with it um and and it seems like i mean we we've learned this lesson from Saranite Saranite chain gang um so like this isn't really a surprise like we used to hand buff Serenite Chain Gangs as you get to get two big um, copies of it um, in, in addition to like the whole Shutterwalk thing but whatever that's less of a less of a concern uh, for this discussion but you know I think that the Trog was just like a, it was a little bit overtuned right and so being able to not have to worry about the 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 second trod coming out being a gigantic monster like your opponent can't just like slam blessing of authority on it and say deal with it right like they you you can still use spells to deal with it you like you might make a a big board of one twos but it's like a less powerful ogre mancer right and and ogre mancer isn't even that hard to deal with you just play an aoe at the end so I, I think that's a good change. I think that it was just going to get old very quickly if that was how 
prevalent trog was going to be in that that play pattern because like you if you're even like if you're playing a quest deck and your opponent plays trog on one what do you do right you just wait several turns and then you then you die usually because you haven't been able to get your quest progression done and you haven't really been able to do anything else in the meantime while you're looking for some sort of an answer to deal with the trog so i, I think this is really a good change i think there are still decks that will play it um, you know, Druid, uh, Aggro Druid will probably want it because it's still, you know, a body for an Arbor Up. Um, Zoo would probably want it, you know, just because Zoo generally cares about just having butts on board. Shadow Priest would, would probably want it for something like a Void Touched Attendant because it's still going to be extra damage from that, right? So, like, anything that, that's got, like, a go-wide strategy, um, that'll still want the card. But, uh, you know, putting it in something like a Librum Paladin, that, that's done, right? Like, we're not doing that anymore. Um, and, and it's good because like that play pattern is just not fun like when you you know your opponent plays a card on turn one that you can't deal with and then it's just like okay great uh, you know that was a fun game right um, and then um, Moarg Artificer finally is going uh, from two ma a 2 mana 2 4 to a 3 mana 2 5 so I I really wish they would have been a little bit stronger with this nerf. Um, Moarg Artificer is very rarely used for good. It has done crimes, right? Like, Moarg Artificer is definitely guilty of crimes. And it has not yet ha really had to pay for those crimes. And it still really isn't. Like, I, I don't... I don't understand the health buff, right? I mean, I guess the health buff doesn't super matter because, like, if, you're, if your opponent leaves a Moarg up, you probably have spells to deal with it. Like, it's very rare that you're trading it off and your spells will probably kill it regardless. But still, like, do we have to, do we have to compensate? I, I think that... I mean, I was of the opinion that Moarg could just be, like, rotated a wild early and would be good, right? Like, again, like, most of the OTK decks or a number of the OTK decks abuse Moarg Artificer. Certainly OTK Demon Hunter does. The Owl Lock was using it to get extra healing out of the out of the healing spells that had lifesteal. I I don't I mean and, and three mana again, three mana compared to two mana when you're using it in conjunction with other things is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. It will make OTK Demon Hunter slightly harder. Um you know, I mean, you will have to pay mana for it when you after demon after demon slayer Cartress, which is good. Paying mana for things is good. Um, it's. I would like to see them take a, a slightly stronger stance about getting these decks to uh, take a, a significant backseat in the meta, right? Like that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, I don't love the change. I think it will be significant. Certainly the changes to Owl together are a lot and it will affect OTK Demon Hunter as well, especially when you get it before the the Kurtris and you can't necessarily glide it back into the deck for whatever reason. Right? Like that that will be good. Um I just don't feel like like Moar Artificer has ever been used for good. And and I think that we've seen it enough 
we're it's it's old, right? Like it's just kind of like I want to play with the new things. It is kind of where I'm at with this meta. Like I have a whole bunch of new toys, and and part of this is the priest main in me. To be fair, right? Like I am playing a priest deck that really, really, really doesn't like OTK decks in quest priest, right? That's what I've been playing on stream the last couple of, like, last couple of streams. But even so, like, I, I would love to see them take a, light, a slightly stronger stance. But I think that, you know, that combined with everything else is probably enough, right? Like, I, I think that it will make OTK Demon Hunter... OTK Demon Hunter already wasn't great for ladder. It was specifically a counter to Garrett Rogue because it went faster than Garrett Rogue. But it would die to a lot of things on ladder. Um, this will accelerate that. So I think that for ladder, it's good. Um, I, I would love to, you know... So maybe that's enough, right? Maybe if it already wasn't great for ladder, maybe then, you know, just kind of giving it this extra nudge is enough to kind of push it over the top. We'll see. Alright, so we also got some buffs, um, mainly to a couple of the, the heroes that we're not seeing as much play. Um, Beastmaster Tavish's hero power that summons an animal companion is going from 3 to 2 to be costed the same as the other hero powers, and I know this is something that Sadisi was, you know, very, I don't want to say upset about, but, it, you know, confused about that it, it didn't seem like it was, you know, a hero power that, you know, when it's a hero power and you're, you're spending the card to invest in it, like, it should be a little bit better than the average hero power given how broken some of the other hero powers are. I don't think broken is probably the wrong word, but, you know, how much of an upgrade they are, right? And, and he's not wrong, so they... They did hear that um, that feedback and made that a two-cost hero power. Um, also, Magister, Ta uh, Mag Magister Dongrasp is going from eight mana to seven mana, and the hero power used to start at one damage and now is going to start at two damage. So it's going to be with, with honorable kill at one damage, or at plus two damage rather. So it, it's already going to be an upgrade no matter what. And another change that they're making is another change to Wildfire that is going to, um, that will change it so that it's plus one damage for, to your hero power and they're changing it to be for the rest of the game. So that damage will persist even after you change to, um, to Magister Dongrasp. If you play Wild... It will also persist if you change to Frostless Jaina. Um, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. I don't think Frostless Jaina's been played a lot in Wild lately because getting to turn 9 is kind of a challenge. Um, but, you know, that's that's a little bonus for you Wild players, I suppose. Um, and then the, the Grey Sage Parrot is going from an 8-mana, I believe it was a 6-5, to a 6-mana 4-5. That will still, as a battle cry, replay um, the last hero card. The last, uh, not the last hero card, good grief. The last spell that you cast that costs more than five. And, um, you know, I actually just tested it in one game while I was waiting. I, I'm, I'm, it, it's the future now. I've just gotten my booster. And I played one game with it while I was waiting for um, my 15 minutes to be up. And it does play the last spell that you cost with a with that has the cost printed on the card more than five, not what you paid for it. I did that little bit of science um, 
with a, a deck that I kind of brewed up that's probably not very good. Um, so those, though, I mean, Hero Power Mage is clearly they something is something that they've wanted to be a thing for the entire expansion, right? They've really been trying, right? They they buffed Mordresh, they've buffed Wildfire once, they printed um, Magister Dawngrass, which is clearly a you know a Hero Power Mage card because you want you know it, it goes along with buffing the Hero Power, right? And then the and it can replay another copy of Wildfire. So, like, they've been giving the, the archetype more and more support. Is this the time that it starts to take off? I mean, it's worth trying. Um, I don't know if this is going to be enough, but Mage kind of needs something, because right now it's, it's um, Mizaki Mage, and that's it. Um, and then that kind of brings me into, like, what... I, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't any change to Encanter's Flow. Um, I think that if we're addressing OTK decks... Mizaki Mage is kind of the next in line. People were already playing it. It wasn't as good as the other OTK decks, but with the o other OTK decks take a step back, then, you know, Mizaki Mage would be there unchanged, right? And and that could be a concern. Uh, it is very weak to Mutinous, um, but it also can go off pretty quickly before Mutinous can be a thing, right? So I, I don't... I, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, some sort of a change to, you know, to Encanter Slow or Cram Session or something. Um, I, I think that we could see more Mozaki Mage coming in the future. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Um, <clears throat> I also was very surprised that Backfire didn't get touched. Um, Backfire is the other card that has been in every problematic Warlock deck since Stormwind launched. Right? It was, I mean, it was even around a little bit before that, but, you know, certainly after, um, you know, the Warlock quest got printed, Backfire's been the only, the only real constant, aside from touching the Nethrazim, like, wild, standard, you know, pre-nerf quest, post-nerf quest, pre-nerf flesh giant, post-nerf flesh giant, three-mana rod, four-mana rod, does not matter. Backfire's been in every single one of those decks. It feels like Backfire might be part of the problem that they're just not addressing. Um, I, I think my personal feeling about the problem with Warlock is that it has access to too many cards that say draw three cards on them um, that cost a reasonable amount of mana. And I, I, I feel like Backfire is a big part of why Warlock is occasionally as impressive as it is. Um, we'll see. It's, it's, I, I made a tweet today that it's kind of like Neo in the Matrix just dodge and nurse left and right it's the new Edwin but we'll see it is rotating in four months so maybe they just feel like they can get through without changing it but I feel like you know this is actually the time to change it because you know it's going to be a temporary change but you know we'll, we'll see we'll see what ends up happening so the question is of course what do you play right um Liberum Paladin is probably still fine it got some good tools it doesn't really need Trog to win. Um, Trog was kind of a nice a nice bonus. I think that you can definitely make the deck work very well without it. Um, and you can probably find room for a couple of other cards like the new the Legendary, whose name is escaping me, who gets double buffs. Can probably fit in where one of the Trogs was and you can probably find room for something else in the other slot. Right? So I think Liberum Paladin is still fine. 
Um, I think Quest Warlock is poised to, um, you know, to make a resurgence. Like the the change in touch in Nethrosem is pretty mild, and I don't think will make that deck significantly worse, like it would be with the OTK versions. Um, Quest Rogue is a deck that is kind of underexplored and seemed to have really benefited from um, from the Scabs Hero. So that's something that you could definitely look at. Um, I, I, I've been a proponent of Quest Priest. Um, I think that's a little bit less with the Trog nerf because the reason that I was had a lot of success with Quest Priest was predominantly around being able to run a bunch of silences. Um, but if Liberum Paladin is still a thing, silence is still going to be valuable. And, you know, a lot of the, the deck's worst matchups were OTK decks that it just wasn't fast enough to handle. So if we go back to, you know, trying to win by actually reducing your opponent's hero, uh, opponent's health total to zero over the course of the game rather than in one turn, then Quest Priest could be a reasonable counter to that as a, as a reasonable control deck. I'll definitely be testing that as, as I'm sure you would expect. Um, I may be tweaking that for tonight's stream. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, Shaman, there are definitely a few different um, versions of Shaman. They'll, they'll take a step back with the Snowfall Guardian change, but I think they'll probably still be fine. Um, the Vulnerable TK deck is probably a little bit worse without Snowfall Guardian, but it could still get there. And there have been a couple of other, you know, freeze-oriented versions of Shaman that are probably still fine. Um, you know, revolving around Shitty Snowballed. And, and there's also the, there's this Burn Shaman that um, John Brand Meaty were putting together that doesn't care about any of that stuff. It just plays to impri an Imprisoned Phoenix or two and then chucks a bunch of, um, of spells at face. And, you know, in the right hands, that seems pretty, uh, pretty effective as well. So there's a lot of options. I, I think that assuming that these changes work as advertised, right? And, and we've seen it before. We thought Garrett Rogue was dead and it wasn't. We thought, you know, OTK Demon Hunter was dead and it wasn't, right? So assuming that the changes work as advertised, I feel like there's a lot more room to open up and I think there's room for some slower strategies like there's been a big beast hunter that's been around i'm sure that big people will try big spell mage and hero power mage again and see if those are any good um you know there, there are a couple of other slower strategies that you could try like a pure death rattle priest that's not running the quest maybe all these are are viable options right i think that it'll be interesting to see how this meta shakes out I expect if this, you know, if it doesn't change significantly, then like right after New Year's, we'll get another balance patch. We'll probably get another one of those anyway in preparation for the mini set that should be coming around mid-January. So, or, or it, I guess mid-January was last year's schedule. It might be closer to February, but um, in any event, I, I think that I'm glad that the team kind of got this out, you know, in time for the... Um, you know, before they, before they head off for Christmas break. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the meta has been pretty interesting prior to this balance change. I'm optimistic about where these nudges would take it because I think that the, the one risk of worlds happening is that there were going to be a lot of, you know, 
a lot of, well, here are the, uh, the deck list that won Worlds, and then a whole bunch of people start playing that on ladder, right? Um, I mean, OTK decks are not the easiest things to play. Maybe that's not a bad thing. And and we did have some counterplay in the in the form of, like, Rust Rot Viper to deal with Warlock and Mutinous everywhere, but, like, that's kind of not the sign of a healthy meta either, right? When, you, when you're running multiple hard techs because the meta demands it in the form of, like, double Rust Rot Viper and... Um, and mutinous. That's not. That's a sign of an unhealthy meta that you're forced to do that in order to be able to play other things, right? So I, I think that it was it was timely. They gave they did give the the meta a time to shake out on its own, um, and and you know these are generally pretty reasonable nerfs. We can argue about the details, but it's a lot of changes, so it should shake up the meta pretty significantly, and at least like maybe take out some of the feels bad moments from. Some of the decks that we're kind of sick of playing against, right? Like, we've all lost to, to Garrett Rogue a million times. We've all gotten beaten in the head with Celestial Druid. We've all gotten Ilganothed. Like, these, a lot of these cards that power those strategies will rotate um, in April, but April's a long way away. Um, so, I, I think this is a good change now, and we'll just have to see if it has the effect of the meta. I would love to be surprised by that. I'm a little bit nervous that these might have been light touches too light in some cases um but we'll see we'll see what happens i'm i'm optimistic and i'm looking forward to jamming quest priest whether or not it's good all right so that'll do it for uh for me for this week um as always you can find the links mentioned in this sh in this episode at the show notes which are at offcurve.com uh you can also follow the show's account on twitter at offcurve you can follow me on twitter at wicked good uh, you can find me streaming Monday and Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash wickedgoodfm. We will, uh, that will, it will probably not be Friday night this week. Um, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I know a lot of people who watch me do. Um, so I might change the day. Keep an eye on my Twitter for that or in Discord. Discord, you can also find at discord.offcurve.com. Um, there's a, a wonderful community there of uh, kind of respectful people who are excited to talk about the game with you. Um, we'd be happy to have you there. Um, and, uh, yeah, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.